Welcome to Creating Your Happy Place, a podcast that explores what it takes to create your happy place and then empowers you to do whatever it takes to get happy at home. I'm Rebecca West, host of Creating Your Happy Place and author of the book Happy Starts at Home, and I'm so glad you're here. Now, in her professional life, our guest today works alongside her daughter, Kate, helping brides have their dream wedding at a place called The Venue in Chattanooga, Tennessee. The Venue has been described by brides and grooms who've gotten married there as amazing and beautiful and affordable, three words that are sure to catch any bride-to-be's attention. Now, of course, while a dream wedding venue might be part of someone's happy place, in this episode, we're going to be talking a very, about a very different kind of dream space that our guest has helped create during her years volunteering with an organization called Special Spaces, where she was creating dream bedroom makeovers for children with life-threatening illnesses like cancer. I am so happy to welcome to the show, currently living in Chattanooga, Tennessee, with her husband of 41 years, with whom she's raised three children and enjoys six and a half grandchildren and one unruly grand dog, our guest today, Anne Strunk. Welcome to the show, Anne. Thank you, Rebecca. I'm very, very happy to be here. I'm so excited to have this conversation, and I thought that while I'm really excited to start talking about the actual bedrooms that you created with Special Spaces and the children they were created for, I thought it might be smart to start out with, tell us what Special Spaces is and how you got involved with the organization. Okay. Special Spaces was started in 2004 by Jennifer Swain, and it is a 501c3 nonprofit that is funded privately, donations mostly, and it is designing, like you said, dream bedrooms for kids with life-threatening illnesses. Recently, more cancer patients, but when in, during my term of being an area director, we did children with all kinds of life-threatening illnesses. How did you first find out about it? What made you get involved? Oh, that's quite an interesting question. I had, like you said, raised three children. All of them were um, in college and then out of college. So I had that empty nest syndrome. Mm-hmm. And what's going to become of me? You know, my life is over. So my husband and I had been praying for over a year. Like, what? what's my next adventure? Mm-hmm. And we happened to be watching a show called Secret Millionaire that came on. And its premise was that a millionaire from somewhere in the United States would go and work undercover for three different nonprofits. Hmm. And their premise was that they were doing a show on volunteerism. But what they were doing was finding out about the organization and then they would gift them with funding hmm. and special spaces. They, they, the secret millionaire, I think she came from te- Texas, went to Knoxville, Tennessee, and special spaces was one of the things they were doing a room there and the, the millionaire, you know, helped decorate and stuff and, and they ended up getting funded. And my husband and I turned off the show and he said, oh my word, this is it. You have always been a designer. You love kids. This is what you need to do. Call and see, you know, see about it. So I called the next day and she said, oh my word, we are doing a room down in Chattanooga, Tennessee, where you live. Why don't you come join us? So I did. And I fell in love with it. I asked her, is there any way we could start a Chattanooga chapter? And she said, we have three children waiting right now for a room. So there was a small fee that you had to join, you know, to be insured and all like that. But you had to gather all your volunteers. You had to earn money. You had to get your vendors and 
any kind of contributions. And we were able to do that by the grace of God. It just happened. We got our child's room, a company, United Intertech, wrote us a check, Hmm. funded the entire room. I had incredible contractors and friends and everybody that were just DIY people. And we devised a room. Lily was our first room, August of 2011. That is so beautiful. So when you think back to that first project and then the projects that you did over the years, what are some of the magical things that you and the other volunteers created that just really stand out in your minds? The best thing in the world was here we all thought, well, we're helping these families that have gone through horrific, horrific things. And we were the ones that received the blessings. Hmm. We were the ones that got to see this family just joyful in times that it's just so sad that what they're going through, but these kids are smiling and they're laughing and they're jumping on their beds and we're able to provide joy. And there was never, ever, ever a dry eye in the house because you're just so blessed by these children. That is really wonderful. And it it is remarkable, the resilience of children when they're going through things that just would take an adult down and they just, you know, they show us the light. The coolest thing that we loved was we go, we we would get a child and we'd go meet with the child life specialist and say, Mm -hmm. okay, what are the medical needs for this child? Mm -hmm. Then we would go and meet with the parents and the little child and say, okay, what's your dream bedroom? What, What does it look like? And then they would have two weeks to just think about it and think about it. And there were so many times where parents would send me pictures of their kids in chemotherapy or doing their physical therapy or Mm -hmm. something. And they're on their iPads looking for what would be a dream thing that they would want in their room and taking pictures of it and texting it to me. So it wasn't just the day of that these kids were able to feel the excitement. It was the two weeks before when we really sat down and mapped what their dream was. And then the four weeks until we actually came in. We we have to do it in one day because these kids are so sick. They can't Mm -hmm. be away from their beds all day long. So we'd start at nine in the morning and we had to be finished by three o'clock in the afternoon. So we had to get everything done and we, so we had a month to get be able to pull everything together so that when we came in at nine o'clock in the morning, it was like clockwork, mm-hmm. very, very synchronized chaos. <laughs> yes. So I'm guessing that, you know, that's, you're talking about kind of the ultimate in DIY projects because you have this deadline about yes. turning it around too. Mm-hmm. So I know that it took a lot of creativity and organization ahead of time, but I'm guessing not everything always went smoothly. To give people a little bit of hope who might be taking on a project that isn't going how they expected, what were some times where things, you you thought you had a plan in place, but you really had to pivot in the middle (laughs) to make it come together? Oh, we had a precious boy, his name was Jason. His room was 10 by 10. Okay. He wanted a king size bed. (laughs) He wanted a desk, a dresser, a gaming table. Oh, and, and he had a sword collection because wow. he was into like D&D stuff. So 
I decided because of his injuries, that the, the, the things, the sickness that had happened to him, he could not reach up and use his walk-in closet. Mm-hmm. Everything had to be down low and in fact was actually um, built into his drawers underneath his bed. So I went, aha, we will turn in his closet into his gaming station and put mm-hmm. all his swords up and it was just going to be magical. I forgot to measure the doors Uh-oh. and we had this beautiful gaming table made. And I mean, it had every gadget on it that you can imagine. It didn't fit through the closet door. Oh no. <laughs> we had to take the whole thing apart and then go in the closet and rebuild it. Wow. Note to self, measure correctly. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, you have this person that you're trying to serve, this family that you're trying to help. So I I guess you just figure it out and you make it work. Absolutely. Everything we used to, honest to Pete, we called it organized chaos. And everything is an opportunity to make it better. That's Mm -hmm. exactly how we felt. We had a little girl that wanted barn doors. Well, the way her room was, there were actually no studs in the walls, hmm. the way they had built it. Some of these people live in rental. There's all different kinds of financial circumstances. So we actually had to go in and take sheetrock down and put in studs so that this door, the sliding barn door could be on. But I tell you what, we've got the best contractors in the world and they did it. That's really wonderful. Did you find that a lot of the volunteers were actually running businesses that did the same kind of a work? Did they just happen to be handy Um, people? Like, where did the volunteers come from? Yes and yes. Probably 75% of our volunteers were retired, but they were all retired contractors, furniture makers, electricians. They were all trade And then Mm -hmm. a lot of it was just people like us that love decor. They love design. They love mixing textures and colors. And it's, none of us had any initials after our our names. None of us, (laughs) we were all just people. But when you, you talk to these kids, you just can create, you just get their vision and you start creating and it builds excitement and it just comes out. Every single one of our rooms, as a matter of fact, we were written up in two trade journals. One was a drapery journal because of the way I went. Hobby Lobby was our best friend. Mm -hmm. And I took some 12 inch, what should have been shelves. We hung them upside down and they ended up being cornice boards to hang draperies from. Mm -hmm. And we got written up actually in a trade journal for that one. And then in another one, we built, this girl had this magnificent 24 by 26 room over the garage. Typically we had TT tiny, but this one just happened to be fabulously huge. And we made her a big, huge platform bed that at the end of it had a dollhouse. So the so the headboard was a dollhouse. Well, it was a headboard on one side, but on the other side, it was a dollhouse. Yeah. So cool. We had the best people, just really great. Lots of colors, lots of different textures, lots of fabrics. What was the most surprising theme that a, a child wanted or one that was like, you're like, well, I do not know how we're going to pull this off. There, there actually were quite a few of those. I can remember we had the best muralist in the world. Her name is Sharon Gallagher. And that was really a cool, a cool thing too. That was a God thing. I, Sharon and her son played ball with my son when they were like eight to 10 years old. But then I lost touch with her for like 15 years, Hmm. met up with her at Walmart while my grocery cart is 
filled with all this stuff for Lily's first room. And she was like, hey, you know, obviously you have a new granddaughter. And I said, no, let me tell you what I'm doing. And she said, oh my gosh, I paint nurseries now. And I said, you're kidding. She said, I'd love to come do your murals. So she now does all of our murals. But she would always come with me when we went and and interviewed the kids because she just had her finger on the pulse of kids. And I Mm -hmm. had no grandchildren at that time. And I remember this girl wanted this thing called Elsa, Mm -hmm. Elsa and Anna frozen. I thought they were talking about penguins. I had no (laughs) idea what Elsa and Anna is. And Sharon was telling me all about it. And oh my goodness, I'm sitting here planning penguins when I should have been planning ice castles. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So Sharon and I got on the same page and it turned out actually it was our probably most magnificent room we ever did. Yeah, we did a huge snowflake on the ceiling in uh, fluorescent iridescent paint. It was really cool. And really since cool. then, you've gotten yourself six and a half, you said, grandchildren, one on the way. I'm getting ready to do a nursery again, and I'm so <laughs> excited. So I'm guessing that you are very well-versed on Frozen and all things children oh. at this point. Oh, oh, yeah. Olaf and I <laughs> like this. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Now, these kids and these families had a lot of medical stuff that they were dealing with. So I know that there was two sides to your job. One is to give them an escape from their illnesses, right? Mm -hmm. So you were talking about how in those two weeks of planning, they get to dream, they get to think about something that isn't just their treatments and their illness. And then the other is to actually help them functionally cope with their illness without making it feel like they're in a hospital room. So I'm curious about what some of the things were that you discovered that you could do functionally without making the rooms feel like a hospital room. How did you, what balance did you strike there and what tools can you offer people? That's that's a great question. A great question. I can remember Mackenzie had cystic fibrosis and her huge challenge, she was a, a book reader and she wanted bookcases, but also part of cystic fibrosis is that they sleep with this vest on that's 40 pounds and it Mm. pounds, it pounds her lungs so that they, whatever's in their lungs doesn't congeal. So she has to, she has to have this vest on several times a day. Well, every bookcase that they bought at the store would break under the 40 pounds. Mm. So God love our, our cabinet maker, our, our furniture designer, he made this incredible bookcase that looked and ended up looking like an armoire, but not as thick because it was a quite a small room. It wasn't as deep as the mm-hmm, armoire, mm-hmm. but it held all of her stuff put away beautifully. And then Sharon, our artist, painted it to look like it was tufted, upholstered, tufted. Yeah. So beautiful. So beautiful. So uh, she also had to have an IV pole and the guys took leopard print duct tape and duct taped every single piece of metal on that thing. And it looked, cause she was 12 years old. So she wanted this boho, what we kind of call a tween, uh-huh. tween's room. And it was shocking with all the colors in it, but they <laughs> made it that, that pole look so cool that she was so proud of that thing. A lot of the kids have to wear, because they are oncology um, patients, they have to wear caps. They wear hats all the time. Mm-hmm. And a dear, 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 wonderful artist friend of mine, Terry Rafferty, made a peg, one of those peg, oh, it's a piece of wood with pegs going mm-hmm. on it like a hat rack. Yeah. 
and he wanted Lightning McQueen. So my a dear friend, Terry uh, Rafferty, is a wonderful artist, and she painted this peg hat shelf, and each of the pegs had different gear shifts gear shifts because it was going to be like a race car themed room. Yeah. So down to the most minute detail for something that is so utilizable for these kids, Mm -hmm. it was a hat place, you know, place to store your hats, but the kids loved it. They just loved it. A lot of them had to have mini blinds, blinds, because they they have to sleep a lot and they have to have very dark, dark rooms. Mm -hmm. Well, we decided we would take a poster and have it put on contact paper, take all the slats out of the mini blinds, put the poster on it and take an X-Acto knife oh, wow. and cut it. So it looks like it's a white thing until you close it and then it's their favorite poster. Oh, what a that fun really idea. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So it was stuff that they needed, but let's make it fun. Yeah. Let's make yeah. it really fun. Well, and that actually touches on something that I was wondering about, because I'm sure that you had pretty tight budgets and you had some sponsors, but you still have a limited amount of money. And so you're already getting into some of those budget friendly solutions that let you have that creativity, let that you have that fun, but that also keep within budget. Can you think of any other examples of budget friendly solutions that let you... (laughs) We budgeted everything. We used to go and get dressers that you practically found on the side of the road. Now, they weren't that way, but (laughs) we didn't find on the side of the road because we want to give our children wonderful things, but we would find things that people were giving away. And we would get fabric and that Mod Podge and we would decoupage. We, We would learn to repurpose a lot of things, Mm -hmm. a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Sharon being the muralist, what she could do to a room was magical. And that's just paint. And that's just paint. And all this happened in one day. Did you guys do any yep. prep ahead of time on any of nope. these pieces? Well, now the, the the room that we had to build in for the barn door, we also had a child who actually lived on a screened in porch. Oh, wow. And he had, well, he lived with his sister, but because of his medical needs, the only room available for him was the screened in porch. So we had to go in and sheetrock, give it heat and air, make new windows. We did pretty much have to redo that whole thing, but we had a really great sponsor for that room Mm -hmm. that paid for a lot. But we had an incredible partnership with Lowe's for every single room we did when I was doing it from 2011 to 2016. Lowe's in Chattanooga donated at least $800 worth of free lumber or paint or rods or closet organizers, anything I wanted. But we also had corporate sponsors for every room and we did every room for $2,500. Wow. And we would do rooms, dressers, desks. When I was there, we never had to do wood floors. But since I have left the girl who took over for me, who was one of our volunteers, she's fabulous. She has had to go in and put in wood floors and things like that. Wow. Yeah, because it makes a wheelchair easier to go in and out. Right. Absolutely. And did you have to secure all those sponsors yourself and build those relationships yourself? Yes, we did. But I, I will tell you this, every single time I had a child, God brought a sponsor every single time. And there would be time that that somebody would donate $5,000. Well, that's two rooms right there. Yeah, absolutely. 
So if somebody were listening and they wanted to get involved with special spaces, what do you think that they should know or think about before getting involved, if anything? The most heart-wrenching thing you'll ever love, interviewing these kids. We had one child who is precious, precious lamb. I think, I think he was six years old. And the mother contacted us because we knew that it was going to be a terminal. It was going to be not the most desired room to do. But she said, you know, I know he's I know he's going to be passing and I don't want it to be in a hospital room because it scares him and it's Mm -hmm. just a place of pain for him. So she said, I would love to have a room that he will lovingly pass in. And we thought we had about six months. But we actually only had about, after he got in his room, he passed about six weeks later. Wow. But the pictures of him seeing this room and jumping on his bed and so excited about his dream bedroom, I know it put a smile on that very, very hurting mother's heart. I know it did. Absolutely. You know, dealing with death is, is something that a lot of people avoid. For at, 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 for at every measure, yeah. they really just yeah. don't that's, want to go that's there. That's going to be what, when you go, going back to your question, it's got to be somebody who, number one, loves children mm-hmm. and, and, and sees the end result of joy, of joy. That's the thing is bringing joy in just a very, it's a hard time in the, the whole family's life. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that seeing the expressions on the mother's face to see somebody love their child so much, that's, that's what did it for so many of us. Anybody who loves design, anybody that just wants to do something, even if you don't want to do the room, be the manager, volunteer for it. It is mm-hmm. so much fun. Or, or be a sponsor, because obviously there, or be there's a that sponsor. high Absolutely. level aspect Because too. see what, nine times out of 10, the sponsors brought workers and they worked. It was a team building oh, thing. Oh, sure. So a lot of the sponsors would bring their 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 employees in there and, and they worked along with us because there's so much stuff to do that's DIY. Mm-hmm. We need that help. We yeah. need somebody painting. We need somebody putting putting leopard skin on top of a, a ceiling fan. You know, <laughs> there's always something you can do. I love it. Now, when it comes to those hard conversations, do you have any mm-hmm. advice for people? Like, do you just, do you just call it what it is? Do you say, I know your child is in this place that they're going to pass away? Do you, are you very frank about it? Do you, do you skirt no. the conversation? I, Where does that, how does that I, play out? I always would sit there and say, you know what, what is going to bring joy to this precious baby? Mm-hmm. I would always just sit there and say, we never talked, ever talked length, duration, so many, so many of our kids, the, the leukemia kids, so many of them recovered and, and are living healthy, wonderful lives. As a matter of fact, Madison, who was our second room, she was, she had rare form of leukemia. I happened to run into her. Gosh, she was what, 12 when we did it. So she's probably about by, she was probably 18 when I ran into her. Oh, wow. She's now studying design in college no. because of what we did to her room. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. She got so excited. She said, I loved what you did to our room. And I, this is what I want. I want to be a designer now. 
So I forgot oh, your beautiful. original question now. Oh, do oh, we talk length? Yeah. I just don't. I didn't. It's it's too painful. I want special spaces. I wanted it to be a joy-filled, joy-filled yeah. thing. This is What's something that's bring bringing light into out. a situation yeah. that is going to exist Their darkness, either they, way. They, they're, they're already living in such a dark world. Mm. Hey, I'm not going to bring more in. We're, mm-hmm. we're just going to be light. Well, and I, you know, you had mentioned to me that faith was a really big part of your journey with all of this. And when you think about it, our outcomes are out of our hands. Whether or not somebody dies or doesn't die is out of our hands. And we see miracles all the time. And we see perfectly healthy people pass away all the time. So dwelling on how or if it will end probably wasn't of benefit to the client. It's more a here's what here's the situation we're in in this moment how can we make this situation as light filled as possible no matter what the outcome we actually had one mother when when we did the when we did the uh, initial interview the mother said since she was diagnosed let's let's call her rose rose has not slept in her bed in three and a half months Mm. the day after we did her room she called me and she said rose slept in her room for the very first time and she said she was so excited because it was a room she had designed and she felt like it was just for her Mm -hmm. and i thought you know what that's awesome that's absolutely beautiful and i think it goes back to what you were talking about earlier where you know, the two weeks of planning and then the day of install, it's really about giving them something that is hopeful, that is talking about the future. And that's something that can be stolen from us, that feeling of hope when we're in the midst of medical Mm -hmm. challenges. I just remember when reading your book, you talking about the bedroom. The bedroom is such a personal place. Mm -hmm. And if this precious baby who has just come in off of eight hours of chemotherapy, they are so looking forward to getting back into their haven and their place that is all about them. And there's no illness, there's no pain, there's no suffering. This is a place of joy. Mm -hmm. Hey, that's, that's what it's all about. (laughs) It's pretty remarkable. It's what it's all about. Yeah. So if you now translate that into people who maybe aren't in as dramatic of situations, although I believe Mm -hmm. that we're all going through change of some kind in our lives, Mm -hmm. but what did you learn from creating special spaces that you would encourage people to to remember when they're creating their own refuges or refuges for their family members? The soil of every season is fertile ground. Mm. And that's something I had to embrace because when, when my kids were at home, my house was filled with kids. It was filled with stuff on the walls. There were stacks of everything everywhere because it was mirroring the chaos that was my life. Sure. Now that my kids are gone and starting their own families, their houses now look like that. (laughs) But my house is now, now pale, you know, it's all painted in a beautiful pale gray blue. It's pictures that are exactly where I want them. It is so serene and calm. As a matter of fact, my husband and I were um, just walking down the street today and we both were walking towards our house that we actually just painted the brick from red to white. And my husband just sat there and he said, I love our house. It is so peaceful. And that's where we are now in our life is we are, we're going towards peace. But I loved when our house was excitement too. 
Yeah. I loved when it was all the blues and the greens and the yellows and the reds. I liked that excitement. It's just now I find myself craving peacefulness yeah. and calmness. Does that right. make sense? Oh, it does. Like identifying the chapter that you're in and the needs right. that you have right now and not worrying if it's going to serve your needs 10 years from now or not worrying right. if it feels really weird that, well, I didn't need this house 10 years ago. What's wrong with me? Nothing. You changed. Nothing. It's, it's, it's a different season. Yeah. And you know what? A can of paint can, can change that season. Oh my goodness, yes. I knew that from personal experience. My dining room is now my, my office yeah. because I'm in a different season now. Mm-hmm. I, I, I move the furniture a lot. <laughs> now, I do want to know, do your grandchildren have the world's most amazing bedrooms because of all of this? Oh, yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's some pretty lucky kids. Oh, my goodness. We have so much fun. I am the queen of chair rail, wainscoting, wallpaper, drapes. <laughs> <laughs> I like, as a matter of fact, when Kate and I do the venue, my, my daughter keeps saying, mother, it isn't a house. Quit layering. Quit layering. <laughs> right. We have to create new themes every time. Uh-huh, yeah. So now, having worked with brides myself, I know that when people are getting married, things can get a little out of perspective, right? Mm -hmm. And you've done some work where it is the ultimate understanding of perspective and what matters in life. So has the work that you did with special spaces and some of the other experiences in your life, do you ever use that to help your brides get through their special day with a little bit more perspective and grace? I do see a lot of brides getting 18 board, Pinterest boards, and they're just all over this big, huge thing, and it becomes this huge circus. And when I sit down with them, and we're really doing more the planning, mm -hmm. and I sit there and I look at them straight in the eye, and I said, this is 41 years of marriage talking. <laughs> it is not about the wedding. It's about the marriage. Yeah. And 10 years from now, you're not going to really even remember what color candles you had or what color linens. It does, it's not going to matter, but you are going to have that man right beside you for the rest of your life. Sure. And that's kind of the thing we've always told all of our brides. You mm -hmm. know, this, this is a great day. It's a celebratory day, but it's not a defining mm. your marriage day. So I think it's interesting because earlier you're talking about like the hat rack, for example, with the gear okay. shifts, right? And mm -hmm. it's a very unique detail that made that child's bedroom their bedroom. And a bride might be listening and going, yeah, so, so aren't my cocktail napkins part of the defining feature that makes this wedding my wedding? What's the balance between those details? Not if you're going wackadoodle over it. If it's bringing you stress, ah. but if it's bringing you joy, we just, we just did my daughter's. My daughter um, just got married a year ago last June. And Kate and I had a ball planning our daughter Liz's wedding. Uh -huh. You know, it was just kind of like, move over, Liz. All right, we're going to plan this thing. <laughs> and, and it is a joy. It's a joy. It's a joy. But there are some brides where every minute detail stresses them to the core. Mm -hmm. If it's bringing stress, why would you want to invite that chaos into your life? Mm -hmm. so I, I don't understand that. You know, let's let's plan something that that's going to be a celebration. You know, there's two kinds of anchors. There's the anchor that that anchors you in a storm and it it keeps you safe, and then there's the anchor that just sinks you with all that's its so responsibility. True. So you know, pick, let, let, let's let's be joyful. Let's 
I just believe that life is, is you just need to add life. Well, and what you're describing is that the, the, the rooms that you're creating, whether that's for a wedding or for a child, doesn't really matter. The room that you're creating, you've described it as basically a tool that's helping them live joyfully or have yes. a joyful day or bring their family together. The room isn't the point. What it allows for and creates is the point. Is that, am I hearing that exactly right? Exactly right. 100%. You nailed it on the head. Thank yeah. you. I think it's so interesting that you are working, that you have worked in such profoundly deep and emotional spaces, both with children with possibly terminal illnesses and with brides who are having this you know, Disney moment. And yet there's so much crossover between the meaning and the perspective with both of them. I never thought of it that way, but you're exactly right. Yeah. Bring joy. Bring joy into this world. Yeah. So now you are not currently involved with special spaces any longer. You have a different chapter now, but the Chattanooga chapter is still live and well if people wanted yes. to get involved. Well, in it. with COVID, they're oh, having yeah. to do bedrooms in boxes now where they just kind of put everything in a box and like put it on their doorstep. It's not the same. Very, very, very hard season. However, I have done two rooms. We did a celebra two celebratory rooms right before COVID. Actually, it was in January, January and February that I got to do those rooms, and it was awesome. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. But Special Spaces is a national organization, right? Yes. So people might have a chapter near them, or they might be able to start a chapter if they mm -hmm. are as ambitious as you were. Mm -hmm. Specialspaces.org. You can see all the different chapters, I think. I want to say they're in 13 or 14 states, but there are like, there's a Knoxville, Nashville, and Chattanooga one, mm -hmm. but each chapter goes out to at least a hundred miles away. Oh, wow. So we did, we did down into Georgia, we did into Alabama, you know, you, 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 your chapter is, it's not just local, it, it yeah. can travel, traveling so tool belts. <laughs> I love it. And so if somebody's wanting to sponsor, if they're wanting to volunteer, mm -hmm. if they're wanting to start a chapter, or if they'd like to look into it for their own family and their own child, mm -hmm. you would encourage everybody to be doing that. Absolutely. Specialspaces.org. They have a yeah. wonderful website. And then on the other side of all of this, if somebody were wanting to find a apparently amazing, beautiful and affordable <laughs> wedding venue, how can they find you and your daughter? The venue Chattanooga.com. Absolutely fantastic. Is there anything you'd want to leave with people today about anything that we've talked about? Just find joy. Just find joy in your life. Yeah. And apparently create it for other people because that's what you mm -hmm. and your daughter are doing. Yeah. Thank you. I love it. And for folks who are listening, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Creating Your Happy Place and that you feel a little bit more encouraged and empowered to make your home your happy place, no matter what obstacles might be coming up, what challenges might be coming up in your life. If you feel stuck, please remember that my book, Happy Starts at Home, is meant to be a resource for you. It's full of exercises that are meant to help you figure out why your home isn't working for you and identify what might need to change. And if you have a specific design dilemma in your home, you can also reach out to my team at Seriously Happy Homes because thanks to the power of the internet, we can meet with you over Zoom no matter where you live to figure out the next practical steps to creating your happy place. In the meantime, no matter where you call home, I do hope it makes you and your whole family seriously happy. Until next time. <laughs>